everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from steaming hot Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. I'm Dan. And coming up today, ooh, it's... It's, it's tough out there for an atheist. It's it's, it's hard political season for an atheist the, in these United States. As everybody knows, because <laughs> it doesn't matter where you tuck yourself in mm. uh, in the world, you're going to hear about our political uh, elections. Yeah, in part because they last ten years. It takes us ten it's years. A long, it's a long drawn out to process. elect a president. It's really uh, just a test of stamina. Yeah, exactly. Endurance. It's a it's a last person standing sort of event. <laughs> Whoever can leave their hand on the car long enough gets to be president. Oh, who doesn't have to run off and pee? Right, exactly. Um, we're going to be talking about being an atheist amidst uh, in in the current political climate. It's it's trickier than it seems. Yeah. It's it's some bullshit. There's a bunch of bullshit that surrounds we non-believers. So we'll discuss that. Yeah. Yeah. Later in the show. Yeah. But earlier in the show, what do you got? We got some stuff. I have uh well, I'm going to start here because I want This is one of those where you just want to get it over with. Okay. <laughs> Story. Sounds great. Oh, that's a good leading. What, what an awesome tease. Wow. Uh no, important important stories. Mm. Um Europe is facing, of course, has been facing just this horrible string of of attacks mm. uh that um a lot of them a large large portion um are coming from uh like isis connected right folks another large portion of them are just muslims acting on their own and then there's just been some madmen in the middle sure of just deranged folk and they're getting a lot of attention because there's all this craziness happening. right right uh, and their, their choice of venues as well for these <clears throat> atrocities. Uh, but this last one really, uh, or one of the most recent ones, uh, got my attention, uh, just because of how, uh, what a violation, uh, it really felt like to me, mm. um, which was this priest who was killed by two, um, ISIS connected, uh, young men. Um, he was, he was actually, um, this was in France. Uh, he was conducting mass, and oh. they came storming in. They took people hostage, and they uh, slit the man's throat uh, up at the front of the church. And it, it's just, um, it's just truly, just, just horrifying. And it's not like uh, to give the priest any special um, position or anything. Or, um, I don't think it affects me more because it specifically was a priest. I think that the the fact that these, that there were people seeking, um, a place of peace mm. and that they were doing what their conscience, you know, dictated to them. Right. Uh, and these folks specifically chose a church to storm into, to create a new level of terror. Right. Um, it's, well, it uh, also sends a very different message, and that message yeah. is my religion against your religion. Yeah, yeah. It's no. I mean, what they're trying to do is send the message that this is not just a cultural war. Yeah, this is specifically a religious war, and that's where we and we're going to fight some of these battles on that battleground. Yeah, and it really concerns me because as these as these strikes or whatever, um, 
become more frequent or keep carrying on or become more atrocious. Um, it, it, it worries me that the reasoned rational Europe that we all know could very quickly devolve into um, a mess of, of unacceptance and uh, of, of, you know, us versus them. It's already and, happening. It, it, I mean, it is happening, but the, the, you know, Germany being so welcoming to all of these um, refugees, right. um, this kind of behavior obviously uh, risks all of those refugees status. Right. Um, when mixed in the, in, in the midst, surely there are, are, are plenty of decent people who just want a better life. Right. Yeah. But you have these fringe people who are risking it for all of them. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of them are just people who want to live in a place where they're not going to be bombed. Yeah. And honestly, what ends up happening is that like, yeah, like you say, some dumb kid mm -hmm. has been tricked into believing that he's doing a good thing and he goes in and he just kills some people for no reason and makes Everybody distrustful of all of these refugees yeah. makes everybody like, I mean, and I get it. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it just destabilizes the entire situation even well, further, which is kind of to ISIS's advantage. ISIS it absolutely is plays ISIS. on if, destabilization. If, if ISIS can polarize public opinion, right, create an us against them mentality, then they get what they want. Right. Uh, the, and all the Muslims that have been I, living I, peacefully in France suddenly feel they start to feel the hatred of their fellow yeah. Frenchmen. They start to feel the distrust of everyone that's looking at them the same yeah. way that they do here in the States, yep. the same way that they do in all these other countries. Yeah. And then they're easily radicalized. Right. But the level to which they are playing with fire is unbelievable to me because and, and I know that they, they think they understand <laughs> what what could happen, but. The, the the resources of the West are uh, unbelievable, <laughs> right? And if the West truly, um, if if the influencers of the West, <laughs> right? If your Donald Trumps and whatnot, you know, rise to power throughout the West, um, there's no hope for them. No, no, you can't. You they know, can't beat if if they get the Western public powers. opinion. So swayed against them, I mean they're they're fucking just I mean they're just a bunch of fucking idiots and it's they're screwed. But nonetheless, one of the points that I wanted to get to was what really truly worries me more than even just the destabilization is um, I worry about in a lot of ways in an unstable world what happens to the to the to the secular movement. Hmm. I worry about what happens to us as atheists in a world that starts seeing it as a religious war. Yeah. It does start seeing it as Christianity versus Islam. Yeah, we're kind of, uh, we might all have to hide right. for a while until it all plays <laughs> out. I know, because like if they, if, if they successfully do turn it into a religious war, and it's not just the, West, the secular West against, you know, Islam right. or vice versa, whatever it is... Um, if it turns into religion versus religion, it becomes deeply disturbing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although what would be great is if we could send armies of Christians and not 
our own, not not like our our those famed con- Christian soldiers, right? Yeah, like if <laughs> if this is a war between Christ- Christians and Muslims, then let's not send in the U.S. Army or but that's not the- what would happen. I know, <laughs> I know, but wouldn't that be great? The Pope has to muster up an army with the, uh, that's right, with, 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 with the Baptist conventions and, you know, enlisting a draft. Yeah. Well, anyway, there are also, uh, there's uh, people of some, uh, an Italian politician has taken to Twitter with the hashtag Santo Subito, uh, which means saint immediately. Or saint right now. <laughs> and they want, they want uh, uh, Father Jacques. Uh, that's the Jacques Hamel, the guy that's that was the, killed. That's the guy who was killed um, to immediately be canonized <laughs> as Saint Jacques. Um, you know what? There is a process here. Get in line, Jacques. You got. You got. You got to wait your turn. I got- don't know, man. <laughs> Santo Seems- subito. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to take us from uh, from Saint Jacques to. Uh, I wish I could trans. I, I wish I had something from St. Paul or something from St. Minnesota, from Minnesota. But nope, it's it's <laughs> Illinois instead. Uh. Uh, in Illinois, there's been an interesting thing. Uh, a bill has passed both houses of the Illinois state legislature, uh, and this is okay. So I read this on thehumanist.com, and the uh, the the columnist who wrote it thinks this is the worst thing ever. Uh, which is, here's what it is. Uh, there, it hasn't been signed by the governor, but if it is signed by the governor, its purpose is to, is quote, to advance the role of Muslim Americans in the state. It's the, it will create a Muslim advisory council. Oh, okay. Now here's the thing. So the author that I was reading it basically sees this as, uh, embedding church and state and like sort of you know the mm-hmm. the state is now using state money to mm-hmm. to advance the cause of a church sort of thing i see it more as almost like an affirmative action kind of I- idea where it's like you're making a sour face affirmative action well kind of i mean basically what we've got here is a very marginalized group of people who are citizens of our country of our of of this state who are being treated incredibly badly and are in danger. Uh-huh. I feel like there is a very present danger to American Muslims. There, okay. are the, the rhetoric that is going out uh, in the world against Muslims and in our country, uh, even from you know someone who's running for the highest office in mm-hmm. the land. Yeah, I feel like a little bit of community outreach needs to happen. I feel okay. like I, I feel like there, I feel like action needs to be taken to make sure that these people are safe. To make sure that these people are 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 welcomed in the community so, and are included and include themselves in the community. So so let's back up just a little bit. What is the role of this of this committee? So basically, there will be a council, okay. um, uh, a Muslim American Advisory Council. There they will be unpaid. Okay. Um, but you know we'll we'll have resources. They'll have. Uh, I think the governor's office will be would be required to provide like some some basic resources, things like uh, staff. Uh, help and you know okay. probably copies okay. and, and stuff uh and and so it would be a negligible amount of money that would be paid to to help them but it would create uh but they would have access to legislature legislators they would have access to 
the the governor's office probably to some extent. Hmm. And they would have some influence. Now there are some negative sides of this. Uh, this you know I- Illinois is is the center is 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 where um, the Muslim Brotherhood is centered, and they they are traditionally a very uh, uh, anti-Semitic group, mm-hmm. um, and that's mm-hmm. that's problematic. I, I'm I'm boy I'm. Re- I really or, don't sorry. Did have... I say Nation of Islam? That's what I meant. Is that yeah, what I you said? said? Muslim Isla- Brotherhood. I said Islamic Brotherhood. I meant Nation of Islam. That was a big mistake on yeah. my part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. I'm not sure where I stand on this. I I'm I'm really. I'm, I I in theory I don't have a problem with it. But it is, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, would there be any other group? If it were another group, how would we feel? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is at the governor's office level? Yeah. Yeah, this would be, it would be, uh, yeah, essentially. Do they have anything else that's kind of like this in their uh you know there's on the federal level there's the uh the face faith based uh, and and neighborhood partnerships advisory council that that w put into place yeah which i don't particularly care i for. hate that i hate that thing um, um i but i don't think that it i think that if the purpose of this thing is to uh, protect uh, and 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 inter- integrate better integrate See, a that, marginalized group of people. That's where I feel okay about it. Is the prospect of here's a group that has a difficult time integrating, right into right. our and and maybe even fully trusting our system, right? Um, even though they trusted it enough to come here, right? Um, or continue to live here after generations of being here. Right. Um, but um, it's just, tricky. Uh, and, and so to give that group a sense that they have a level of uh, influence and involvement and that they're being listened to. A seat at the table. Um, that's important to prevent radicalization. Yeah. So... In theory, I guess I don't have a real problem with it. I don't know that it's... Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to think that one through. I see, I see the I, point that, it's th- that, that this uh, columnist was making. I, I like the whole mixing of, of church and state. I think it's, prob- it's probably a much bigger problem when it's the dominant religion. Yeah. That, that is just sort of uh, has its little, you know... It's little influences here and there and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. The dominant religion. If, because the dominant religion will think do things like prayer in school and, right. you know, they're exclusively Christian prayers before, you know, town hall meetings and whatnot. And so, like, okay, like, that, that is where, like, I get really crazy about separation of church and state. I think you're right that this is reaching out to a specific community and that that could possibly bring about some good. We'll see. I so mean, it's something to watch. It's an interesting thing, huh? I don't. I don't even no, know no, if no it'll... action from Furf yet. Uh, no, nothing that I've seen. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. It hasn't been. It hasn't been signed yet by the mm, governor. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. Huh. We'll see. 
Interesting. I just can't wait until Utah has the Mormon Advisory Council. That'll be really useful. <laughs> they already do. Yeah, it's called the entire legislature. It's called the downtown. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's already there. No, and that's exactly what I was just talking about. Yeah. Not cool when it's the main people. Right. You know? But if it's a tiny little marginalized group, I'm less worried. Yeah, about if it. it was the people that have that little temple, you know, the little pyramid temple. Oh, the, the summum? <laughs> they could have an advisory council that I wouldn't <laughs> care so much about. Anyway, <laughs> what else do you have? Uh, well, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you know that BYU has a campus out in Hawaii. Oh, yes. I've been to BYU Hawaii. <laughs> on the North Shore of Oahu. Uh, have you, uh, well, if you were there, did you uh, stop in at the Polynesian Cultural Center? I did. Which this was a long time ago, but yes, yeah. I've been there to the PCC. Yeah. It's also owned by the Mormon Church. Indeed. Uh, it's, uh, I, I guess I've never fully wrapped my head around... <laughs> Like what they're up to with this, but you know they consider it's like, the the Hawaiians to be Lamanites, right? You know, just like the Native Americans, yes. Uh, so also descendants of, uh, you know, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Jew, Jewish, Hebrew, Hebrews, Hebrew ancestry, yes, yes right? indeed. Um, so so there's that. I guess that's why they've done it. Well, nonetheless, so here's the Polynesian Cultural Center where. You have, you know, young people out there, the men with their bare chests mm. and the, the women tank tops and hulas, you know, doing their, doing, doing, doing doing hula their traditional dances. dances. Yeah. Uh, and also there is a celebration of the tattoo. Interesting. At the Polynesian Cultural Center. Uh, a lot of, uh, they have fake tattoos. They'll uh -huh. get visitors. Okay. And they'll talk through, like, what it means. They have That's their true. own tattoos. Tattooing is a very important part of many Polynesian cultures. Exactly. So, however, the BYU Honor Code <laughs> does strictly prohibits tattoos. True that. And so, <laughs> when you have a young person who might be... Uh, working over at the Polynesian Cultural Center as a dancer or guide or presenter, whatever. Sure. Uh, and then they waltz on over to class at BYU Hawaii. Uh -huh. They have to uh, remove any temporary tattoo that they have on. Right. And they have to make sure that any real ones are completely covered. Right. And uh, sort of vice versa. When they show up at the Polynesian Cultural Center... They have to take off uh, their garments. Well, the ladies sure. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Yep. The guy's bare chested. Uh, so they have to like remove the trappings of their oh. <laughs> Mormonism. Right. Uh, and their, I guess I should also say Utah centric Mormonism. Yeah. Because here's the deal. The Mormon church, which is really strict about. You got to wear, the men have to wear slacks, mm -hmm. right, to, to church. Everybody's got to be clean shaven and yeah. no long hair and right. for the boys. Uh, my understanding at a, a typical uh, ward in, 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 in Hawaii, uh, men will wear much more traditional, albeit covered, but more traditional garb okay. to church. And so there's like this concession that's being made sure. specifically to Polynesians right? right? Um, within Mormonism. And yet they can't figure that out for their own little, no, no, their no. Own little university. 
Um, and so it's just, it's... That's weird. It's interesting. Um, just so that people know, the Polynesian Cultural Center, just so that people get a sense of this, it's basically like... Uh, um, it's Disneyland style, like, yeah, they do. They put on like little shows. They do hula dancing. There's a guy, you know, they'll have a kid climb a coconut tree and and sort of a 1950s <laughs> understanding of Hawaiian culture, right, right, right. and yeah. presentation of it. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I haven't been there <laughs> since I was like 18 years old, so right. it was a while ago. Uh, it's not like it feels Mormony though. They try to make it just about Polynesian. And so, is there any sort of mormon presence like not that i noticed but i was also like not there to know like i was a mormon at the time so why mormons and hawaiians but, yeah. it's always confused me because there's been this weird thing like the mormon church doesn't do anything if they don't see the benefit for conversion right they don't do anything if it's not mormons love hawaiians and hawaiians love like hawaiians when the Mormons went to Hawaii to proselytize for the first time, this was back in the early 20th century, they got... Even further back, they, right? They, they got... Hit, well... Didn't they hit it in the 1800s? Maybe, yeah. Maybe late 1800s, yeah. They, they, got, they got huge conversions. They, yeah. were, they, they were wildly successful. Like, the story, one of the first temples outside of Utah was the, the Hawaiian temple, right? It may have. Well, I don't know. I know that they had to build one because a whole, a whole shit ton of Hawaiians had converted and they came back and, and they all like didn't have access to a temple. Right. And so they all were like they started migrating to Utah, which they is, heeded the call to Zion. Right. Uh, so so that they could do the, the, the very, very special work that they do in the temple. Oh, indeed. Uh, which is which is like, I mean, so, so important <laughs> and so boring. Anyway. They uh, so they all came here and kind of to the horror of the Mormons who were here at the time because it was like this, this it was like this influx of brown people that they had to deal yeah. with. So they sent them all out to this town way out in the oh, desert. So sad. It's the saddest thing in the world. This town called Yosipa, which is uh, Hawaiian for Joseph after Joseph mm, Smith, of course, yeah. And uh, and this this town, like they had the Mormons had kind of pre prepped it so that it would like. They they had a plan for how it was supposed to work, but they couldn't get it to work, and like people were dying just by the dozen. Like yeah. in, there were like like all these diseases. Leprosy broke out there. I don't yeah. even know how that happens. A couple of cases of leprosy, but all these diseases. Yeah. And finally, like eventually, all of these Hawaiians who had moved from paradise to like Hades, horrible place, were just like uh we're going to go back to Hawaii now. And the Mormons were like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. If you do, we'll build you a temple. And that's why they built the temple out in Hawaii. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, yeah, Hawaiians, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, uh, they, they love Hawaiians. Hawaiians love them. It's, it's, yeah. I, my understanding is that the reason that the, the Polynesians love the Mormons so much was because there was a huge focus on family. Oh, okay. And the Polynesians have a big family thing, or at least that's the story that I've been told. Interesting. Anyway. But lots of cultures have focus on family. You'd think. I don't know. I think they Mormons just were sort of... I, I don't know. I, it's really it's tough strange to, to me. It's tough to explain. There you go, though. Huh. All right. Uh, 
Kansas City, Missouri, uh, is being sued. No. Yes. Why? By an atheist group. Uh, no. The uh, the lawsuit filed uh, in U.S. District Court by American atheists uh, is charging that uh, can the city uh, has uh, planning is planning to use sixty five thousand dollars of tourism tax dollars to assist in uh, in a Baptist convention that's coming up. What? Yeah. It's money to to apparently to help uh, in transportation. That's what they're saying. Okay, but yes, uh, it. I see the like point that buses? they're making. They're yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah. how many people are attending? Uh, let's see. The uh, it is a four day event. Okay, about ten thousand people are expected to attend the convention. Um, so so yeah. That huge. I mean, it's a big convention, but that's not that huge. Yeah, if there's ten thousand people, and they're spending sixty five thousand dollars, that's that's a lot of money to spend on trans in, of municipal funds on. Uh, yeah, like it's the neighborhood tourist development fund that this is coming out of. I wonder, like, what 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 they do typically for. 10,000 person conventions because if this is standard practice right for if any there, convention if there's a big if there's 10,000 people who come into town and they set up trans, like they help with you know set up some shuttles and this and that uh, to help people get around from their hotels to the convention center right and they did it for the tech conference that was in town and now they're doing it for the baptists i don't have a problem with it I have less of a problem with it at that point. Um, yeah. Because if it's if again if it's just part of kind of the package deal of doing a convention, because it's bringing in, in the in tourists, City. it's bringing in the dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's so a deal that, that, that yeah that that a, a tourist leaves a certain number of dollars in the economy and blah blah blah. Boy, we're falling apparently on the wrong side of all of these issues right now. <laughs> we're <laughs> again. If it's issued to everyone. Right, yes. If this is just something that they're doing because the Baptists asked and they kind of want to just... And, and yeah, they, all, they all, all like all, the Baptists. All the city all the city uh, brass, top brass are all Baptists themselves right. or Christian. And they're like, yeah, of course we'll help you out. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Stan, this is a good thing. You're God's people. Come on. Right. The mayor you know, goes to that church or whatever. Right. Then that's, then that's, that's a huge problem. That's that's a problem that you, you you do exactly what the American atheists are doing. Right. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's an argument that could convince me that because it's a religion, you have to make some, you have to treat them differently than all the other conventions. Less than somehow. Maybe. I, I don't know. If, if, if that argument exists, I would, Here's be, the thing. I would listen to it. Here's the thing. But I don't other know. conventions would be paying taxes back. And these guys probably won't be. And that's a problem. Well, it's a net draw rather than uh, it, I mean, it could be that the, the the taxes paid back into the system from the event is this group headquartered in. I don't know. Like, I mean, because also, I mean, everybody who shows up, they're paying, you know, hotel taxes and they're paying for tax on on their dinners when they right. go out to eat. That's I mean, true. And that those and those are the kind of dollars that, that you want left in in your in yeah, your local you economy. Want, yeah. You want those businesses, you know, to selling be- food and selling ho- all the hospitality sure. to these people, right? Right. Like that's that's the benefit <laughs> of a convention. Yeah. It's, uh, who knows? 
I, it strikes me as just being, an, I mean, $65,000 is kind of a drop in the bucket for a, for a major metropolitan area, but it's still, yeah. it's still, it does stick in the craw a little bit. Well, but I yes. will say this. American Atheists uh-huh. likes to, I mean, they pick these kind of battles to, because they, they know they're going to get some press. Right. Right. If that's what they're up to, go for it. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, but I would, I would ask the the hard question of <clears throat> does everybody get the same treatment yeah we'll see how that plays out uh the the it's it's been filed the lawsuit's been filed uh they it's it they're they're suing officials including the the kansas city mayor sly james sly sly james Ooh, well that's a reason to sue just <laughs> yeah right just there. right there who can trust that guy <laughs> uh so yes i, I again Against helping Modest Miles Ministry. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Sounds like a... I don't know what that sounds like. (laughs) Modest Miles. Prepare for the National Baptist Convention. All right. Okay. Well, I've got something for you, Dan. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play a a trailer. Yeah. Okay. Here it goes. Uh Uh-oh. No matter where you're from... This shit is your body. That drum is your heartbeat. And your God is the glory of Rome. Praise for How long were you a slave? Five years. What is your name? Ben Hur. Oh, Ben Hur. What's amazing is the first like thirty seconds of that trailer. I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, oh, they're doing Transformers in Rome now. <laughs> this <is> big, <laughs> big splashy production of Ben Hur. Oh my God! A uh, another adaptation of the 1880 novel. Oh, it's from Ben Hur, A Tale of the Christ. <laughs> right, it was two, made into two different silent films. Oh wow! And then there is the 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 one that we all know, right? The, uh, from 1959, starring Charlton Heston. Sure. Uh, screenplay by Gore Vidal. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> I did like, not realize that. Yes, fantastic. Like I love Ben Hur. <laughs> right, like I truly, I grew up on that movie. Like I love it. It's, so you it's couldn't a big be epic. You clearly couldn't be more excited about this this <laughs> reboot. Well, yeah, clearly. Obviously, you know. that's going to be um, very good for you because this thing seems like it, 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 all the class and dignity of the <laughs> 1959 uh, version. Um, yeah, yeah. Turned it finally, finally turned into something palatable to. Uh, bros and rednecks everywhere well yeah yeah absolutely the only reason why i would uh have hoped for a remake of ben-hur yeah uh in a more modern era is because the 1959 version there was all of this like seething homoeroticism Mm. right between charlton heston's character ben-hur right and the his like his childhood friend can't remember the name of the actor um the character's name is masala right right? and it's sort of it 
the the actor who was playing Masala was being directed to play it up. Right, right, right. Like there's this, there's this. Do you think moment, Heston knew about it? I'm getting to that. Okay. Um, and so there's this moment where like the 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 two of them they've just sort of reunited as adults, right? Right, right. And they they do the like they the wrap your arm with the the chalice drink thing. Sure, right? sure. You, your elbows are kind of intertwine with each other and, and drink. And you drink as kind of like this. Uh, and like Masala is just staring longingly <laughs> at Charlton Aston. And the whole thing was um, Gore Vidal, I guess, was on set through the whole the whole production. Right. And uh, and the line was, OK, play it that way. Just don't tell Chuck. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so my hope would have been in today's America and today's world that they would have played up. Not just homoeroticism, right? But there would have been like some <laughs> fun times. Yeah, I mean, hey, go for it. Yeah, now, now we don't have to beat around the bush. We can just like. I don't think that's what this one's about. No. Also, because they're going to be playing up the whole uh, uh, the tale of Christ part of it the a Jesus little bit more bit. in this one than in yeah. the, than in the nineteen fifty nine version. Because um, in the fifty nine version, it was like there was just this little sort of blip at the end with jesus right well okay so ben-hur has there's been betrayal and uh masala has ruined his life and and, uh his ben-hur's mother and sister uh wound up as lepers in a leper colony Mm. um ben-hur himself had been you know uh, sold into slavery and been on a slave ship and then he fought in the arena and i mean like it's this crazy, crazy epic story. Um, the whole, the whole while, Ben Hur is 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 just seething with hatred and and seeking his revenge. Right? He actually ends up becoming a Roman citizen through adoption. I mean, it's like this great, like it's awesome, like right. everything you could possibly want in like a big <laughs> Roman epic. Sure, like it's it's got it right. And uh, anyway. Uh, what was your question? I have no idea. <laughs> you just, <laughs> I'm just so so excited. You're about on Ben-Hur. a rant. I know. I just love Ben Hur so much. Um, oh, but is... nonetheless, um, oh Christ, Christ spot. Oh yeah, it was thing. just a little. So so he goes through this whole thing of vengeance and la 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 la. He rescues his mother and sister from the leper colony, <laughs> and uh, they they've heard of this this teacher this rabbi mm. right and so and he's just this who who he's heals a non-believer yeah well yeah that has a healing power or whatever mm. and and uh nonetheless um they are all sort of made whole uh at the the christ crucifixion oh uh well, that's and, nice uh, that's a nice little last sort of last ditch effort on christ's part <laughs> i'm going out but before I go, everybody who's looking at me, shabam, you're healed. <laughs> you, he you're a leper? No. <laughs> no more. No leprosy for you. You who was filled with hate, hate be gone. And so I'm out. Love. Jesus out. Somebody give me a microphone to drop. Blah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, apparently the this new director uh, wants to play up that more and <laughs> the vengeance less. Yeah. Without the vengeance, without the one thing that Ben Hur wants, where's the film? Where's the narrative? You're about to find out. Boom! 
All right, I'm going to take us to Australia. Yeah? Down under. There's, oh. uh, there's going to be a census uh, on August 9th um, in, in the fine country slash continent of Australia. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, the last one was in 2011. Mm-hmm. And this one, uh, there is a, there's a push. Now, usually with a census, one doesn't hear about anyone sort of campaigning for people to do a specific answer on a census, because the idea is just, you mark what you are. Right. However, people don't always mark what they actually are on the uh, religious question. What? Well, Why so not? for instance, uh, you know, if someone marks that they are uh, Jedi as opposed to no religion, or Pastafarian as opposed to no religion. Oh. Now, though, now, uh, Answers like Pastafarian or Jedi or, you know, Dudism or whatever. That's funny. It's funny, but it uh, but Jedi in the last census accounted for 0.37%. So 65,000 people <laughs> in Australia said, a good sense of humor. said that they were Jedi on their thing. But that goes into a category uh, that's called undefined. However, oh. if they marked no religion, uh, well, basically, uh, the Atheist Foundation of Australia is doing a big push to get people to actually mark no religion, because if they if because they think that they can actually overtake Catholicism as the number one spot in religion. What they la- the last time in twenty eleven. 22% of Australians marked no religion, just under Catholicism at 25%. Oh, wow. So but this, you had enough of these little jokesters. Right. If, if people... Marking other boxes. If, or maybe even, well, I grew up Lutheran. Right. Right. So now there, so there's a campaign happening in Australia where if you grew up Lutheran but you're not religious anymore, they're saying, please don't mark Lutheran. Uh-huh. Mark not religious. Not mark no religion. Okay. So it'll be very interesting to see if if this campaign is successful, if enough people have sort of changed how they view their religious status uh in the last five years and and we'll see. Wow. Who knows what I mean, they could so be no religion there's no breakdown of that no religion. There's no like they're not pol- they're they're not pulling or pulling doing um, well, so if you uh, if you identify as humanist or atheist or rationalist or agnostic, mm-hmm. all of those are funneled into the category of no religion. So gotcha. all of those technically uh, become part of the no religion category. Gotcha. Okay. So but so they, you, they are asking about those. They are they are keeping numbers on atheists. Yeah, I think so. Oh, interesting. I okay, think so. Cool. But yeah, I mean, if you put Jedi or Pastafarian or some of these other silly sort of. Uh, answers not that, officially recognized that goes into the not defined category gotcha so there you go i mean it's uh it's a we'll we'll have to see if australia comes out as a would you say majority non-religious i mean it's not like 50 percent are non-religious but if they can hit 25 percent, that'd be huge that would be huge <laughs> indeed Anyway, very interesting stuff. Uh, we'll see how you Aussies uh, pull this one out. Uh, I uh, Good luck to you yeah. on that. Yeah. It would be neat. Do it! 
And if you have anything you'd like to tell us about your uh, country's religiosity, or or if you're an Australian who wants to vote in a different way, wants to mark something different on the census, or anything else that we've talked about, please write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Or while on Facebook, I guess, and while on Facebook, and or uh, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It's a closed group, so it's going to, you know, you have to be let in. But yeah. once you're in, boy, howdy. The stuff. Whoa. <laughs> it's, that's the juice, baby. Oh, amazing. All right. Listen to uh, a lovely little clip here. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the Jesus Food QVC, uh, which is James Baker's <laughs> show. Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Uh, telling us all about what would happen if we don't elect Trump. If Donald Trump isn't elected, do you envision America to look good, bad, or ugly? What will it look like? Say four years from now. If we do not change the course, I know what the last, the last, what, eight, eight years. Sure. We have seen the greatest deterioration. We, I'm afraid if we have another four years, we will not even be able to function. I, I don't, I believe that they'll shut me down. I believe they're going to shut anybody outside the church, all, all religious activity down. What, what, what will America look like? If we don't get on the right track. Yeah, so let me, let me speak to the church for just a moment. And just, just hear me, church. If we don't elect Donald Trump president, we're going to end up electing someone who we absolutely know will put justices on the U.S. Supreme Court that will be pro-abortion, that will be pro-gay marriage, that will uh, rob us of religious liberty, will continue to take away and wear away at our right to bear arms. And that's the kind of uh, jurist that will be placed on the Supreme Court and on the federal bench. People forget about the federal bench. Those are uh, precedent-making courts and their lifetime appointments as well. So if I, be- if I, b- I believe if that person is elected, that's what we're going to get. We know that. With Donald Trump, he's already said uh, and submitted 11 names, made them public, uh, names vetted by the Federalist Society, and you can Google that and, and see what kind of group they are. And he has said, point blank, and I can quote him, he has said he will appoint pro-life justices to the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> Here's what you guys need to understand about this. But wait, where's the food? They, have, they, they managed to, Where? to, get, to do two minutes without mentioning food. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. Food buckets. They need to, but here's what people need to understand. I had never actually seen video of this show before. The the studio audience is all sat at tables 
with plates in front of them. I think they're making these people eat that shit. Of course they are. It's terrible. They're trying to get turn all of those people into customers. Into customers. Because they, if sure. I remember right, this they do this in Branson, Missouri. Right? Oh, maybe sure. Which is like uh, go go see a show place. It's sure, like a little, it's a little touristy town. Yeah. There's lots of theaters. Like lots of lots Osmonds of, have a theater, if I remember right. A little and, bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Yeah, it's all of those things. <laughs> And so, so they're just luring people in to do their show. I just love Jim and Baker they're like saying, trying to sell them food. I love Jim Baker saying that if we don't elect Trump, he's going to get shut down for some reason. Like, oh, Trump hates. Well, uh, no, apparently, no. He thinks that if Clinton Baker. is elected, somehow Jim Baker gets shut down. Somehow, Clinton hates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Oh God! We had some people write into us. Well, we have we've got one uh, voicemail and one email that we're mm-hmm. going to read. Let's uh, duck. Uh, so let's do the email first. Uh, hi guys, greetings from Sweden. This is Lisa writing to us. I wanted to share my experience on going to a religious school in a secular country. I never really thought about it until I heard you discuss religion and uh, religious schools and how they mess up kids' way of thinking. Thing is. We had psalms and praying and stories about Jesus, mostly around holiday breaks, the reason for the season stuff. It wasn't Catholic, or it, it wasn't Catholic, even though it was started by French nuns. Uh, when I changed schools and they didn't do sermons, I didn't even notice. To me, it was just always a cultural thing. These Bible stories were just something that you do in this culture, and no one really believes that, I thought. It's just tradition. It never even entered my head that the preacher maybe believed in it. (laughs) Of course, maybe he didn't. I'm from an agnostic family, but my friend who is the son of two preachers, uh, my friend is the son of two preachers, and he told me he would study to be a priest himself. I asked him if he believed in God because we have a lot of fun with blasphemy together. Uh, And he replied, well, I don't believe in the Christian God, but I like public speaking and supporting people. That's the Swedish church, folks. Wow. Well, that's... That's a good career for people. If yeah, there you, you go. Like supporting I, people and, and public speaking. speaking in public. Sure, I guess so. Uh, P.S. <laughs> like Lisa says. Lisa says. P.S. It's Pride Week here. Just thought you would like to know that all of the Stockholm buses fly rainbow flags for the whole week. Oh, I bet it's lovely. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Hmm. Uh, we had a voicemail. If I'm not Indeed, mistaken, we do. This is a response to uh, oh the well the audio we played last week. With Mr. Beck. Oh, yes. Gleneth T. Bexton the third. Hey, Dan. Hey, Frank. It's Eric in Texas. In reference to Glenn Beck's gay bull, on the 18th, July 18th edition of the Infinite Monkey Cage, somebody shared that only 50% of male sheep are straight, 10% are gay, 20% are asexual, and 20% are bi. Amusing, and I thought it Played well with Glenn Beck's problem. Enjoy. That's delightful. <laughs> got, you got a <laughs> bunch of... It's, it's, it's nothing but uh, LGBTQ up in the sheep community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, right, right. And depending on who the farmer is, uh, a lot of them are probably against their will bestial as, or, or interspecies. Uh, Aww. Yeah. Why is it always sheep? They're they're docile. Is that what it is? I think so. They don't they don't put up a fuss. They just no, all right. Okay. Uh, wait, I didn't want Oh, okay. 
Meh. Meh. Um, yeah. I don't know how... I, I, it would be interesting to see a breakdown of, of bovine homosexuality, bovine sexuality in general. Yeah. That would be interesting. I'd love to know. I do like that Google uh, transcription uh, <laughs> made it as Glenn Beck's gay bowl. B-O-W-L. Oh, bowl. A bowl. gay bowl. Gay bowl. Gay bowl 2016. I... <laughs> <laughs> gay people can play football. Uh, that's not the gay bowl I was thinking of. Well, no. But there was, I think there is actually a gay like t- flag football gay bowl. I think there. Oh, no, there is. They came through town. They were in Utah, Salt Lake, just yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, they. Uh, I, my, my, I had at least one friend who was very excited at the prospect. Yeah, of a bunch of gay football players mm-hmm. being all in town at the same time. Why not hitting the clubs at Absolutely. night? Absolutely. Yeah, you, that's a that's a fun thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I I also like the term gay bull. Just like I, I did, you know, as in baloney or whatever. <laughs> That's a bunch of gay bull. Glenn Beck, nothing but a bunch of gay bull on Glenn Beck show. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what you say, but I think it's a bunch of gay That's bull, gay BS. <laughs> That's what that is. I, there is now uh, officially gay bullshit on Glenn Beck's farm. <laughs> There's a bunch of gay bullshit happening on the farm owned. By Glenneth T. Beckerstein. Oh, Dan. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we move on. Well, we have things we have to do. <laughs> so I would like to uh, thank uh, uh, the, 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 all the activity that's been going on on Patreon. Ooh. Uh, everybody who's been donating, thank you so much. Donating. Donating. Don't don't donating. I think might be the word you're looking for. Doning a donor dones. A donor dones. Dan. A donor is a per- one who dones. Our new patron. We have one. Deborah. All right. Hey. Hey. All women this week. Woo-hoo! So that's one hundred percent ladies recognition. <laughs> that's right. Uh, if you if you want to be uh, helpful and and part of of the community that that donates and keeps this ship afloat mm-hmm. we could really use your help uh please go to thank and click on the uh donor button mm-hmm. on uh on the patreon button on the side of the screen and that will uh give us that'll give you the opportunity to uh to to do a small one a small donation for every episode it's like you know a dollar an episode is an awesome donation you're you're donating is highly helpful. It's what keeps us going. It, so, so uh, don't away. Please, uh, yeah, please. It, it, it's it's so helpful, and thank we thank you for it. Thank you very much, guys. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about religion, politics, mm. and being a non-religious person in a religious place. But first, here's, here's, here's Bernie Sanders to lead us in. We talked to you in New Hampshire. We talked about religion. Yep. You said your spirituality is that we are all in this together. Yep. 
Explain to people what, in your head and in your heart, motivates that togetherness. Is there a higher power? Is there a higher intelligence? What do you believe in? This is what I believe. Every great religion in the world, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, essentially comes down to do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. And what I have believed in my whole life, I believed that when I was a 22-year-old kid getting arrested in Chicago fighting segregation, I believed it in my whole life. That we are in this together, not just not words. The truth is, at some level, when you hurt, when your children hurt, I hurt. I hurt. And when my kids hurt, you hurt. And it's very easy to turn our backs on kids who are hungry or veterans who are sleeping out of the street. And we can develop a psyche, a psychology, which says, I don't have to worry about them. All I'm going to worry about myself. I need to make another $5 billion. But I believe that what human nature is about is that everybody in this room impacts everybody else in all kinds of ways that we can't even understand. It's beyond intellect. It's a spiritual, emotional thing. So I believe that when we do the right thing, when we try to treat people, with respect and dignity. When we say that that child who is hungry is my child, I think we are more human when we do that than when we say, hey, this whole world is me. I need more and more. I don't care about anybody else. That's my religion. That's what I believe in. And I think you know, most people around the world, whatever their, their, their religion, their color, share that belief that we are in it together as human beings. And it becomes more and more practical if we destroy the planet because we don't deal with, with climate change, trust me, we are all in it together. All right? So we have got to work together, and that is, that is what my spirituality is about. So here we are. Yeah. We are in a, uh, a, an election year, and it's the time when, because, I mean, we only hear politicians talk about their religion when they're trying to get themselves elected, <laughs> one well, that's not true. That's, if they're trying, yeah. they're, if they're trying to make something happen, plenty of them throw it around. It's true. It's true. But I mean, we hear about it. First of all, we hear about it in nasty ways that we don't ever hear about it. Like, did you hear Ben Carson at the at the the Republican National Convention? No. <laughs> His the big takeaway line, the big line that everybody was talking about, was when he talks about Hillary, and he says. He mentions that one of her heroes was Saul Alinsky, and her senior thesis was about Saul Alinsky. And let me and here's the thing about Saul Alinsky: he wrote this book, and in the book he acknowledges Lucifer in the acknowledgments, and that means that Hillary likes Lucifer. Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, like this connect the dot thinking is just so annoying. It's so amazing. It's, and Glenn Beck does it. A lot of people do it. Of course. It's, conspiracy, it's conspiracy theory style. Well, and thinking. it works really well for people who don't want to have to think much. Right. And like, it's, it, if you want to feel your way through the elections, that's a good <laughs> way to like talk to the people who feel about elections and don't bother to think about oh. elections. And yeah. And of course he mentions like, you know, our nation, our, our Pledge of Allegiance has under God in it and... Every bill in our wallet says, in God we trust, and blah, blah, blah. So what? 
Well, and is yeah. she not a religious person? Well, that's the amazing See, I, thing. The, the, here's the deal. I I know I'm probably I'm actually guilty of it of like trying to suss out, you know, people's, you know, sincerity or insincerity right. with regard to faith and what they're printing, you know. Right. It's none of our business. It's none of At our the goddamn end of the day, business. It, it, like as long as they're they have a history of of decency and working toward the common good, and, right? And and doing their job well. And doing their job well, right? That would be an important thing. That's important to me. But also, I mean, I I get it with like someone like Mitt Romney, or even back when people were scared about a JFK because the the idea of someone having a Someone believing in a person who has a direct line to God. I think that's a little scary. That that's that that kind of questioning on of a religious person is legitimate. Yeah. I don't think trying to like, you know, that you go around doubting their faith as right. a means to kind of to, to try to rip them down. That's just nonsense. Who cares? Well, and here's the thing. People do care. And that's what... So one of the things that really, really pisses me off right now is this whole... The scandal with uh, with the DNC, the Democratic National uh, Committee, and how, you know, Debbie Washerman Schultz, whatever her name is, that, that just stepped down because there were th these emails that were leaked. Uh, and the emails basically included emails that said, hey... We need to get somebody to ask Bernie Sanders about his religion point blank because and the thinking was that this would sink Bernie because at some point he'd have to admit basically that he's an or, or he'd, he'd talk about it in the way we just heard, mm -hmm. which is no Jesus, no God. No, I mean, not Jesus because he was a Jew. Right. But like like he would talk. He, he wouldn't bring up God. And then people would see that he's not a religious person and that would hurt him. Right. That's the climate that we live in. We live in a climate where try to make him admit that he's an atheist so he gets hurt. That's yeah. where we're at. Yeah, I don't find it. I'm not exactly shocked by it. I'm not shocked either. It's and just, I'm not shocked that, that, you know, I mean, because I know, I know there was a lot of speculation about, you know, the, the Democratic Party actually, you know, scheming against Bernie and whatnot. Right. Um... I'm just so completely not surprised that they would scheme against somebody who doesn't have a history of hasn't had a historic connection to their party. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that they would be scheming for the person who's been <laughs> right. a reliable Democrat for decades. That's you not know, what like, that's not what surprises me. What, so, or, but none I of think this... that's what that's a lot of people's like shock and horror. Right. right. Horror. You know, and uh, and yeah, I mean, using the atheism against him or potentially or thinking about it or whatever. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Right. They think that it's a weapon. Yeah. That, and that's interesting to me. Yeah. I think that that's what no. I, it doesn't even surprise me. But here we have clear evidence that or, or proof that this is yeah. how they think. It's a tricky calculus on their part, because uh, which party do you think all the atheists belong to? Right, exactly. In this country? It, I mean, we we know For the most part we know that there the are vast majority. That there are conservative atheists. But, yeah. but we also know majority. that we also know that the GOP does everything they can to uh, to completely alienate. Any secular uh, people that are in their party. Yeah, exactly. They do everything they can to scare these people away. 
So why would you want to do the same thing when you boop? There you go. You right. get a little. You get a some percentage people coming over. Well, when or staying on your yeah, side, at least. like twenty percent of the country is non-religious. Yeah, twenty percent of 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 the voting populace is a nun. And so you're, you're going to even think about alienating that right. group? It's crazy to yeah. me. But what they're trying to do is get more of the GOP voters over to their side. Right. Because they, they think that we're just a given. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's a very interesting fact. It, what's strange to me is that now I look at the two party nominees. I look at Hillary Clinton and I look at Donald Trump. Hillary's easily the more religious of the two. Like, oh, completely. A thousand percent, Hillary is the more religious of the two, which completely. is fascinating. <laughs> like, I guarantee you, Hillary knows how to refer to Second Corinthians. Oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, she knows what she's doing. She has been a lifelong documented uh, Lutheran. Yeah. She knows what she... she well, she's and religious. If nothing else, her husband held office... In a southern state right. where she would have to be conversant. Yeah. If nothing else, yeah, exactly. she has a long history of like at least knowing how to talk the talk. Yeah. At but your I most actually, cynical, she's yeah. still more religious than, uh, than Trump. Yeah. Or at least more prepared to present herself as one. Right. But nonetheless, I don't doubt her, her faith. That's not... Well, I, I, and after my little diatribe, I sure hope I don't. Right, exactly. But, um, and it's not our business to doubt, although I do doubt Donald Trump's faith. Uh, I 1,000% I uh, doubt Donald uh, Trump's faith in anything other than himself <laughs> as his own God. Like, this is a man who, like, he basically, he, like, one time when he was asked, this was, he was not running for president, I don't think at the time, but when he was asked uh, if he asks forgiveness of God, oh, no. he was like, no. Nah, I've just never done that. Well, I guess the reason to... Because he just has never done anything right. wrong in his own mind. Like, what, <laughs> what, forgiveness for what? I, with Donald Trump, it's not even doubting. It's that it's the, he's had no history of it. Right. Right. Whereas with Hillary Clinton, she had... I don't know. I don't know why I care. I just... <laughs> but anyway, no, Donald Trump, though... Um, <laughs> yeah. But Donald's he's, like... Complete. Here's the other. Here's the difference, though. Hillary has always been sort of quiet about her religion. She mm -hmm. doesn't like. She. I mean, she's fine to talk about it, but mm -hmm. she doesn't drag it out as a thing that seems right. That that, that seems useful to her. Right. Uh, whereas Trump, like, makes a big show of it. He messes it up pretty right. much every time he tries to make a big show of religiosity. He, right. you know, he he puts money in the wrong tray that's being passed around or he, like he put it like in the eucharist tray right? yeah like yeah or something like that yeah <laughs> somebody like is handing around the 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 the, the sacrament of whatever, whatever the eucharist and he's like okay i'll put money he always fucks it up but but he likes to make a big show of it he talks about god a lot i don't know it's so topsy-turvy this time but he, but I do have to say, I end up feeling alienated every fucking time. I know, yeah, like it is clear from all the politicians that this is not for me. Yeah, this is not for you, Mister Nonbeliever. This is for us. If it was, yeah, and it's a matter of like, it, yeah, I guess I should probably feel a little bit more of that. I think it's just that. This is the way it always feels. Right. And so it's, it's so normal. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think about it. It's just, 
the way that it I is. Don't, I don't either. Amer- American politics doesn't bring me up. Right. They right. don't care about me. If someone yeah. forces someone like there, I saw a video of Hillary where someone she was at an event. Someone had their cell phone camera rolling and asked her a question about separation of church and state and protecting atheists or protecting non-believers or whatever. Yeah. And she basically she had some, you know, nice sort of pat thing to say about, well, I think we should just honor the founders about the separation of church and state. Right. And and then she she threw in and we should remember that the separation of church and state was put in place to protect the churches, which I think is a smart thing to say, like that way the church people can't be mad about separation of church and state or whatever. Right. But, you know, nailing her down on like helping atheists is not she's not going to say anything about it you know who did say something about atheists ted fucking cruz oh yeah he's the one that's rnc speech in his rnc speech i was kind of blown away by that yeah he was like we need to protect christians and muslims and jews and atheists and i was like yeah i mean i hate the man oh he he's the worst man but I, he got an ounce of credit from me for that. For Meanwhile, the up he, there, and you know, doing just sticking to his like he was, he showed himself to be, if nothing else, he he has integrity to who he is. Right? I guess he he, he no no no. Ted Cruz is Ted Cruz, <laughs> yeah, right. And Ted Cruz is batshit crazy and terrifying and awful, right. But at least he's consistent, right, right, in how batshit crazy he is, right. He's not and so his, his values not are not going to change if he perceives for five seconds that they're not going to act like they've changed, right. He's not going to he's not going to get up there and give lip service to Donald Trump just because, right. Trump doesn't even know <laughs> what his values are until he he accidentally says something that gets applause, and then he's like, oh, that's one of my values now, right. Yeah, that's yeah. It's interesting. David Silverman uh, from the uh, president of American Atheists tweeted at both uh, of the major of the main uh, uh, minor party candidates. That would be uh, oh, yeah. Gary Johnson of the of the uh, the what party? The Libertarian Party and Jill Stein of the Green Party, and basically sort of said, "Hey, you going to care about atheists at all?" <laughs> And both of them tweeted back. Gary Johnson's was uh, an underwhelming tweet who said, the right of atheists are protected under the Constitution and will be with hashtag Team Gov. So okay. um, basically he said... Well, if he's a true libertarian, I'm not afraid of him on those grounds. Right, yeah. He basically yeah. said, everybody's got rights. Yeah. Great, thanks. Cool. Uh, Jill Stein said... I ask for the vote uh, votes of everyone in America because Silverman uh, said basically, will you ask for the votes of atheists? And she says, I ask for the votes of everyone in America who upholds people, planet, and peace over profit, including atheists. Uh, Great. You know what? For for two politicians who have nothing to lose. Yeah, indeed. Right. Truly nothing to lose. Why be so politic in your response? Right. What are you hiding from? <laughs> they can't. They, they yeah, it's literally. Not, it's not like you're going to lose, like lessen your chances. You know, the, oh, you were really in this race. Right, right. You and, know, until you did that atheist tweet. We thought you had a prayer at this one, but no, I guess not. Do, 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 do. 
Although I guess now both of them are just trying to race for that. What is it? Five percent or fifteen percent? Yeah, or whatever they're it is trying to, to get their party. It gets the... their party a, more recognition or yeah, something. I can't remember what it gets them. But... It doesn't matter. They can't get that either. Here's the thing: Why are we such poison to them? Like the we atheists are poison, and not for any real reason. You don't lose much. By, no. I mean, you lose the. There's a perception that you lose a lot. Yeah. But especially, I mean, maybe in the GOP, you lose a lot. But everybody else. This this go around, Donald Trump could say anything he fucking wants. They all know he's not religious. They know. They've seen the same things we've seen and they've forgiven him. Yeah. He could do anything. Yeah. He could say, I worship my own turds. And everybody would be like. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's a good businessman, so blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's amazing. It is a remarkable thing. <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I don't know, people. We are, we, what do we do? What do we do to get them to make us not be the evil that they think we are? Uh, uh, I don't know that there is much. You, do you know what it is? What? And this is all it is. Just be large of an, enough of a block, eventually, and a, but we I guess a vocal block too. A vocal we block. We kind of have to. We kind of have to be a little obnoxious. We have to not shut that, up. That's that's you know what? That's all it takes. Yeah, that's all they care about is the votes. That's politics. Yeah, you know. And so, if if atheists were cohesive enough of a group, which unfortunately, vocal, like, which we're not, we're not. So that's strike one. <laughs> Uh, and then vocal enough, which I don't think that would be our problem. No. Um, if we could just all kind of get on the same page, but I don't want us all on the same page. No, no, me neither. I want us to have like, you know, our own views. Right. And our, like, because the only thing that we have in common is we don't believe in God. Right. Yeah. That's it. I don't know. Maybe Bernie needs to come out and say it. Maybe... Maybe and because Bernie's now a big player it, that he wasn't before, right? Bernie Bernie's now like on the stage. Maybe if he could, if we could get him to say that word, that would be that would make a big difference. Yeah, I think for a minute he's on a really tight leash, and I think he's a willing participant in that because they've probably promised him something pretty. pretty Not only that, but I think he recognizes that uh, Donald Trump presidency would be disaster. Well, yeah, so there's he has that too. To, he's working to, to there's help. There's that too. But usually there's... Stop that happening. There's something nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, because he's behaving. Yeah. He's really behaving. But I mean, I think he knows what side his bread is buttered on. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Maybe we need... We just need... We need a non-political charismatic uh, atheist to come out and just make everybody fall in love with them. That's yeah. what we need. We need, we need some, some America's sweetheart. To, oh. to say, I'm atheist, but love me anyway. And everybody will be like, we do. We need Ellen. You know what? We need our Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> where, where somebody that just is impenetrably adorable. Yeah, but atheism isn't really defined by a haircut. Well, it's trickier. <laughs> so you, it, you forget after a minute. Yeah. That's the thing about atheists is like. If we're just going about our business, you just forget. I th- I think 
Yeah, sure. You know, I forget that I'm an atheist all the time. Sure. And I do this once a week. Right. Well, I mean, right? I think, but what, by saying I need, we need our, our Ellen, just someone who's adorable and every now and then reminds people, oh, by the way, atheists are still good. Right. Good night, everybody. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. Find, find them. We need Good. our, our, yep. I'm an atheist. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, anyway. Who knows? Right. Who knows? All right, Dan. I'll tell you what. One thing's for sure. It ain't us. <laughs> I should. Nope. This anyway. face has long since stopped being adorable. <laughs> we don't got that. All right. Well, if you have any ideas on how to, uh, how to make America atheist again. That's the, mm. new, that's the new slogan. Uh, you can write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, or leave us a voicemail message. It's, the number to call is 424-666-8442. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist, and see what Mackenzie's up to. And while you're there, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Yep. It's a closed group. We have to let you in. All right. Uh, hey, thanks, Mackenzie, for all the hard work you do do on that uh, on the Facebook page. We really appreciate it. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. We sure do like it when you do. Bye. Bye.